Good morning again. If you have your Bibles, let me invite you to turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Thank you very much, Brother Shane. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, as we continue to work our way, uh, not all the way through, but through different parts of 1 Corinthians this summer, we'll be looking this morning at a text that, uh, at least on the surface, seems very fitting for Father's Day. And it is, but it's not a text that's only for fathers, and we'll see that shortly. But for just a little bit of context, and then we'll get right into it. Uh, But we're seeing here, again, this personal letter that Paul has written to some people that he knew well. Paul had planted the the Corinthian church, and so he had spent time with these people. He knew these people, and so he's writing to folks he knows well. And here we're looking at almost the very end of the letter. So in chapter 16, in this conclusion, he gives them this a final greeting. He names some people that, that they would have known well, some mutual friends that they had. But then what we're going to look at today is he gives them five exhortations. There are five things that he urges them strongly to do. And not only them, but us as well. And so we're going to look today, our main goal this morning will be to see those five things what are they? What do they mean? How can we apply them? So look with me in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, beginning in verse 13. Paul says, Be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. If y'all would pray with me. Father God, it's our desire this morning to understand this text better than we do now. Lord, to understand what it is that Paul was talking about, who he was writing to, why he was writing these things. But Lord, not just so that we can know these things. Lord, we want to know these things so that we can live them out. We want to understand them, Lord, so that we can apply them in our lives, so that our Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Saturdays of this week and every week might look different. So, Lord, help me to be clear this morning as I share your truth. Father, let our hearts not be distracted by things outside of this room, but wholly focused on you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so, so Paul here gives us these exhortations, and again, these are just things that he say, I urge you to do these things. And so we're going to look at the first two of them kind of together then the second two together, and then the last one by itself. So let's go ahead and get right into these first two. He says, be watchful, stand firm in the faith. So these two things are two things that he puts together uh, as a thought, and really the intent of them, the people he's talking to and what they're dealing with, these two things make a whole lot of sense, and they fit perfectly into our context as well. So that first one where he says, be watchful, depending on what translation you have, may read a little bit different. If you have the New American Standard Bible, it says, be on alert. If you have the New International Version, it says, be on your guard. But I think the idea behind it is pretty clear. It's this idea that there's something that we need to be watching out for. Almost like you are a security guard or you are a watchman walking on the towers of a city, on the walls of a city, and there's something specific that you are supposed to be watching for because you know that it's coming up. You are guarding against something very specific. And if you remember 
we said that these Corinthians were living in the middle of a very sinful, very secular society. These people are living in a place where they, their lives are filled with friends and co-workers and neighbors that have normalized sin, who sin and enjoy sinning and act like it's no big deal. Very much like the world that you and I live in. We live in a world where sin is normal. And living a life free of sin is seen as strange or odd or weird. And so he's calling them because we've already seen in 1 Corinthians, we've already seen that they've let sin kind of creep into their lives. We've seen him telling them that they need to be set apart as God's holy people, that they kind of blended in with society. But he was saying, God has sanctified you and set you apart. You need to look different. We've already seen that, that they had taken the class system where there were different levels of people in this Roman society and brought it into the church. I don't think they did it on purpose, but it had snuck in without them realizing. And so here he's reminding them and reminding us that sin can do that. When sin is everywhere all the time, it's easy for us to blur the lines between what's okay and what's not okay. And so he calls us as God's people to be on alert, to be watchful, to notice sin, to not let it sneak into our lives. Because if you look at our society, there are several things, and I've got a short list here, but this list could go on and on and on, of things that today we know these are wrong, but they don't seem as far wrong as they did maybe 50 years ago. We know that these aren't things that people should do, but they seem much more normal, much less jaw-dropping today than they would have whenever some of us were even younger. Like the idea of living together before getting married. The idea of, of married people being divorced. Even the, the high rate of divorce among Christians. Recreational drug use, which we are even more and more today legalizing. Loving and pursuing money and fame above everything else. Above love for neighbor, love for God, love for country. Putting me before everything else. These things, LGBTQ lifestyle, all of these things are things that we now see in TV shows that we watch. Right? These are things that seem normal. You have friends or co-workers or family members that do most all of these things here. And so even though we recognize that they're wrong, they don't seem as wrong as they did to our grandparents. And what that is reminding us is that sin is so prevalent in our society that we need to be watchful. We need to be on guard to make sure that we don't let it sneak into our lives. Not only is that because sin is very prevalent in the Corinthian society, and because sin is very prevalent in our day and time, but it's also because we have a real enemy, Satan, the devil, our adversary, is really working to try and get us to sin. And I know to anybody that's here this morning that's not a Christian, or this is your first time to go to church in a long time, or if you go share this with some of your friends, 
I'll start to sound like that crazy guy on the, the street corner with the bullhorn talking about Satan and demons. But the thing is, brothers and sisters, he's real. And the work that he does is real. And so whenever he comes, he is disguised, we see in Scripture, as an angel of light. And he makes sin seem harmless. Like these things are not a big deal because if we recognized how big of a deal sin is, if we recognized what end sin takes us to, how slippery of a slope it really is, then none of us would ever take part in it. That's why there aren't billboards that say, look at pornography and you can lose your family. That's why there aren't ads on Facebook saying, hey, begin drinking and taking pills recreationally, and eventually you could possibly become an addict and lose your job and the respect of your friends. You don't see those ads. There aren't telemarketers calling people saying, hey, you know what? You could start an affair and lose your spouse and visitation rights with your children and end up all alone. Those things aren't put out there that way. No, they come in in other ways. They come in as, hey, watch this TV show that might have just a little bit of nudity and it's not a big deal. Or, or visit this website just one time. Or it's just window shopping with the people that I see around me at the beach. It's not a big deal. But what that sin, what those little sins, seemingly harmless sins do as they lead to more and more. In the same way, it's not usually, hey, become an addict and lose everything, but what it usually starts out with is just go with friends to a party where there will be recreational drug use. And then eventually, maybe just, just try once, just to see how good it makes you feel and, and it continues. Or it's just have deep, meaningful conversations with a co-worker of the other sex that, that you don't feel like you can tell your spouse that you're having or, or have text message conversations with, with this man or this woman that you know from town or, or maybe just meet them for lunch that eventually can become much worse things. Brothers and sisters, what I want us to remember that I believe Paul is telling us here is that sin sneaks in. Sin doesn't come showing its teeth. Sin doesn't come telling us what it could do to us. That it separates us from God. That it makes us dead. That it makes the judgment that we deserve hell. That it wrecks our Christian witness and that it tears families apart. But Paul knows it, so he says, Corinthians, be on guard. Be watchful. Keep your eyes peeled for sin because it's coming for you. I want you to hear another way that Paul or that Peter uses this same idea. This is from 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. Peter writing, he says, Be sober-minded, be watchful. The same idea. Be watchful. Why? Because your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. So he says, be watchful. Why? Because there's someone 
who's trying to get you to do things that you don't need to do. How do we resist him? We stand firm in our faith, which is the next thing Paul calls to. Before we get to that, point one this morning, Christians are called to be on guard against sin. And we have to. We have to. We cannot flippantly look at sin. We cannot casually walk through life. We have to recognize what is right and what is wrong and be on guard to make sure that we don't let it slip into our life and lead us down a path that we don't want to go down. How can we do that? Paul says, stand firm in the faith. Now, what does that mean, stand firm in the faith? We think of faith as something we have. So how can I stand firm in something that I have? I think looking at, at, if you have open to 1 Corinthians, you can look at chapter 15, verse 1. I think we get a little bit of an idea there. Paul had said just in the previous chapter, Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand. And it's the same idea of standing. He's saying, stand firm in the faith. Peter and Paul both say that. He says, stand, you are standing in the gospel. I believe the idea here is that God has laid a firm foundation for us. Whether we know the words to the song or not, God has laid a firm foundation for us. And He is calling us to stand on that foundation. That foundation is the gospel. It is the truth of God's word. That foundation is Jesus in which we have faith. And so when we are convinced that God's word is true, And whenever we realize that Jesus is God in human flesh who came and lived a perfect life and died a perfect death in our place and then came back to life and that we can only be saved through Him, that once we believe those things that we can't allow ourselves to be moved from there. Last week, Brother Will talked about being moved toward God and now we're talking about once we are there close to God, not being moved away from Him. Once you believe the gospel... Don't be led astray to believe other things because part of living in the society that they lived in and that we live in is that there are people that are going to try and tell you that what you believe as a Christian is not true. Media, there are teachers and coaches, there are friends, there are neighbors, and for many of us there are even family members. Things that long ago wouldn't have ever spoken this way. We even have textbooks that would speak this way today that would tell us that this or that sin is really okay. That the Bible is outdated and that we can't trust it. That it's not factual. That that Jesus isn't real or if He is, that He's not really the only way that you can get to heaven. He's just one of the ways that you can get to heaven. People will tell you, people don't live like that anymore. Trying to do everything that the Bible says. People don't really live that way. But the truth of the Scripture is they do. And we should live that way. And Jesus is real. And Jesus is really the only way that people can be saved. And He's the only way that we can get to heaven. And we have sinned against God. And we need to be forgiven of those things. And the things that the Bible says are wrong are wrong. And things that the Bible says are good are good. Those are facts. And so Paul calls us here 
He says, be on the lookout for sin so that you don't let it creep in and also make sure that you are standing firm in what you know, what you believe, what the Bible says is true. Point two, we must know what we believe and be fixed in it. I want to be clear about that. You do have to know what you believe because if you don't know what you believe and why you believe it, somebody will come along that will tell you what you believe. If you don't know what you believe and why you believe it, somebody else will come along and try and change your mind. We need to understand. We need to choose what is true based on God's Word. But can we stop for just a moment? Because this, this is a, some pretty heavy instructions right here. I was in, a, in long business meetings this week at the Southern Baptist Convention, and every now and then, J.D. Greer, uh, who was the, the president of the Southern Baptist Convention up through this week, he would tell somebody, he'd say, hey, stand at ease. Let me tell you, let's just stand at ease for a moment. Y'all, y'all look like you're not very happy, so let's just take a break. Y'all take a break, okay? Can we say for just a moment how good it is that we have this sort of foundation that we can believe in? Man, there are people walking through life every day trying to figure out, why am I here? There are people that are walking around that honestly feel like their life is worthless and useless. Like they have no meaning and like they have no value. And they don't know what's wrong and they don't know what's right and they have to waver back and forth. But brothers and sisters, we have God's Word and we know that it's real. Isn't that good? It's good to know that we know what we know is real. It's good that we have a God who does love us and whose word is perfect. In Isaiah 28, 16, it says, Therefore, thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am the one who has laid a foundation in Zion, a stone, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone of a sure foundation. Whoever believes will not be in haste, or whoever believes will not be caught in a panic, what that ending means. So, so God says, I've laid this cornerstone for your faith, a precious stone, a trusted stone that you can base your whole life on and know that it's the truth. And then in Ephesians 2, 19 and 20, we read this. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone, the precious cornerstone, the trusted cornerstone. Brothers and sisters, I just want you to remember this morning, when it seems like this is daunting, because I'm telling you, you have to be on guard all the time with your eyes peeled, always looking out for sin, and that seems like, man, that that really gets tiresome. And wherever I'm telling you that that you have to stand firm and not let people move you when they're trying to move you, it seems like, man, that's really hard, but I want you to remember that it's not about you doing that. Jesus is the one that gives us the power to do that. He has given us the Holy Spirit that helps us know right from wrong, who helps us to be able to be lookouts that know what's sin and what isn't sin. So I just want you to be reminded before we continue with the last part of these exhortations, that it's good that we have the sort of foundation that we do for our faith. I'm thankful for the truth of God's Word. All right, the last two here in in verse 13, he puts together as well, act like 
men. I told you, at least on the surface, this was a good Father's Day text, right? Act like men and be strong. Now, these two thoughts, I believe, Paul puts together, which a lot of times we do too, right? The idea of like a big, strong man. It's the idea. Now, most of y'all do not have this view of me, but... I have, I just, we, I continue to have kids so that I can have more and more people that see me this way. Because those of you that have kids, you know that, that your kids look at you and they say, when daddy's around, I don't have to worry about anything. My daddy is big enough and my daddy is strong enough to take care of everything. I know they get to an age when they don't believe that anymore, but mine aren't there yet. But it's the idea that we see here, it's this idea of, of, of being courageous, of being strong, of being able to overpower things. That's what, what he's calling us to do here. It's not necessarily men. Women, you can't all say, well, he's talking about men. Not men. No, what Paul is saying here is be courageous. Be bold. Be strong. Why? Why do we have to do those things? Because we're being presented with temptations that sometimes are easy to say no to, but sometimes they're hard to say no to. If we're honest, sometimes it's hard to say no to sin. Sometimes our flesh wants this thing. Sometimes our flesh wants to share this gossip that we hear, right? Sometimes, sometimes we want to lie about somebody else or where we've been or what we've been doing. Sometimes we want to take revenge on somebody that's hurt us or our family and not leave that up to the Lord as He calls us to. Sometimes we want to try and feel this or that physical pleasure from something that we know that we shouldn't. Sometimes we want to keep all of our money for ourselves and not give to the Lord or not give to help His people. Sometimes we want to slander somebody else because it helps us look better. Right? Sometimes it's hard to say no to sin. Just being honest. We all know what this feels like. But Paul here is speaking like a coach talking to a team in a pregame speech, or he's talking like an officer speaking to his men before they go out to battle, and he's saying, you know why you're here. You know what you're supposed to do. So do it. When it's hard, do it. When you don't want to, do it anyways. Whenever the enemy is strong, do it anyways. Whenever it hurts, do it anyways. Whenever it costs you something, do it anyways. When sin comes, say no. When righteousness is before you, follow that path every single time. Paul says, act like big, strong men and do what you're supposed to do no matter what the cost is. Point three, they were called to do their job no matter what. They and we. Even when it's hard, even when it takes courage, even when it takes boldness, even when you're standing on your own, Paul says stand on the truth of God's Word. Stand in the Gospel. Stand on the foundation of Jesus that will never pass away. There's one final exhortation that he gives here, and it doesn't appear to go along with all the others. Right? Be watchful. Be like a guard. Stand firm, don't let anybody move you. Act like a man, be courageous, be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. Now, why does Paul, if he's only giving five things that he urges us to do, why 
is it four things that sound like an officer talking to his men before battle, and then the last thing sound like something you would tell your kids whenever you want them to be nice to each other. And there are lots of different reasons given. I, ha- I can't ask Paul. I can't ask the Lord and him speak in an audible voice why this was inspired to be written this way. And there are lots of different reasons that people come up with. But I'll give you the one that makes a lot of sense to me. And here we have seen these callings that sound like they're things that we are going to battle. And they sound like things that we need to prove how tough and how strong we are. But I think sometimes if we get too caught up in that, we may do the task. We may say no to sin, but I think sometimes we can do the task but forget why we're doing the task. Brothers and sisters, we don't fight against sin. We don't avoid sin like the plague because we want to say that we're better than other people. We don't fight against sin the way that we do so that we can prove how strong we are. No, we fight against sin and the strength of God because it's what He has called us to do. We are supposed to avoid sin and follow righteousness because that's what God told us to do. We should do it because of our love for Him. This is, when we say no to sin and whenever we follow the right path, that is an act of worship. That is us denying ourselves and taking up our cross and following Christ. Whenever he was asked to sum up all of the law and all of the prophets, right? All of the righteous deeds in Matthew 22, this is the reply that Jesus gave. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. So brothers and sisters, we should be fighting against sin, but not just to prove how big and strong we are. We should be doing it as an act of love towards God. We should be doing it because it's what God has called us to do and He's worthy of us following Him. So do these things, but do them because you love God and you know that He loves you. Point four, the last point, we are to do all that we do out of love. This morning, I want you to be reminded as we end, especially for those of us that are here that are Christian, because we can hear this battle cry and get ready to go out there and fight. I want to end by reminding us of this, brothers and sisters. If it weren't for Christ, it doesn't matter how hard we fought or how much effort we put in, our striving would be losing. We would not be able to overcome sin. As lost people... Before we came to faith in Christ, we had no hope because sin is stronger than us. Because Satan is smarter than us. Because Satan is more powerful than us on our own. The only hope we have is in Jesus Christ. The only way that any of us can tell sin no is because of a relationship, a restored relationship with God through Jesus Christ. So this morning, don't think it's about us, it's about Christ, and it's always about Christ. So if you this morning are able to tell sin no, then you need to tell Christ thank you. Because He's the one that's made that available to you. So this morning, as we think about responding to this text, I have a couple of questions for you, or a couple of categories that you may be in. If you're here this morning and you find yourself sinning because you don't have a choice, 
Because even though you've tried to tell it no, you don't have the strength to tell it no. The good news for you is that Christ has made a way that you could be made strengthened to tell sin no. If you can't tell sin no, it's probably because you're not a Christian. But Christ has already died and paid the price for your sins. And you can come to Him this morning. And I would love to talk to you about what it means to respond to Him in faith and be saved. Just a moment, we'll have a time of response, and you can do, you can come, and I'll talk to you about that this morning. Maybe you're here this morning, and you're a Christian, and you know that you're a Christian, but you've been sinning because you've been choosing to. Even though you could tell sin no, you have just simply given in to those fleshly desires, and you have chosen to sin even when you didn't have to. I would call you this morning, I believe this text calls us this morning to repent of that to turn away from that, to recognize what you're doing and to stop doing it. Maybe you're here this morning and you recognize that you've been telling sin no, but you've been doing it with the wrong motive. You're a Christian and you've been avoiding sin, but you've been doing it just simply because you want to look better than everybody else. This morning, this text says, stop doing that. Keep telling sin no, but do it out of love for God our Father. Not to make you look better, but because it's what He's called us to do. And if you're here, and you are living as a Christian, telling sin no, and you're doing it the right way, with the right motives, then you just need to praise the Lord, because if it weren't for Him, none of us would be there. So this morning, I want to invite you to just stay seated where you are. This is going to be a little bit different. I heard a song this week at the Southern Baptist Convention that I wanted to share. It, it fits very well, I believe, with this. And so the words will be here on the screen. I'm not asking you to sing a song that you've never heard before, but I know some of you like to read the words. And so as this is playing, this is going to be our time of response. And maybe you need to pray where you are. Use this time to pray. Maybe you need to repent. Repent of living the wrong way or living the right way with the wrong motives. Maybe you need to ask the Lord for strength to overcome a specific sin in your life. Do that. Step up and call on Him because He can give you that strength. Maybe you're here and you have questions. Questions about what it means to become a Christian or how you might could join this church family. I'll be down here. You can come and talk to me. I would love to talk to you about that. But some of you just love to sing and praise the Lord. And so maybe you listen to part of this song and you catch on and you want to sing. You do that. This is a time of response. So what I'm asking you to do is to respond to the Lord, however He calls you to, as this song plays. It's called Anchor. <laughs>